It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. An early childhood taxing district, what on earth is that? The latest in politics and world affairs. I don't think that we should be passing legislation that is so complicated that people kind of throw up their hands and say, oh, I can't understand it. Today's current opinions and ideas. It is not fair that just because you're a big business that you get a break on this and the little guy doesn't. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. We're each treasured, you're valued, you have purpose. Today, strive for excellence, take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, you were made for this moment. And happy Friday to this team I get to work with. That's producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Jen, Echo, and all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Seems like it was just Monday, but it's Friday. Oh, praise God. (laughs) (laughs) Fabulous, finally, Friday or Something like that. And you said it's payday Friday. Uh, Yeah, it makes it all the sweeter. That makes it all the sweeter for sure. Hey, check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You'll get first look at our upcoming guests, our most recent essays, and our most recent podcasts. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. And my friends, if something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. And it's never compassionate to take other people's stuff, whether or not it's their rights, their property, their freedom, or their livelihood. You know, I think I'm going to add one more thing in there, and that is opportunity. How's that, Steve? I should add that in there, because that's another thing that's occurring with this out-of-control Uh, government-induced inflation is it's taking away opportunity for people on a variety of fronts. So I'm going to add that in there. It's never compassionate to take other people's rights, property, freedom, livelihood, or opportunity via force, whether with a weapon policy, unpredictable and excessive taxation, fear, coercion, government-induced inflation, or the globalist elite's agenda. Do you think I should add that in there? As I'm saying that, um, a a couple... um, I think sometimes that might kind of fly into the whole uh, critical race theory thing. They're saying that uh, white privilege took away opportunity. Do you think I should add that in there or not? Well, I'm not a big fan of the word evolution uh, for on in that strictest sense of the word. But these these things, uh, whatever you call them, uh, they they are evolving, and the reason they're evolving is because as we seem to be spiraling downward we find more things to be concerned about. Yeah, we do. And uh, I, I've got to think about that, if I can add that one in there or not. But that that's a, a good segue into I, our quote. I vote yes. Okay, okay. Uh, let me know what you think out there. Should I add opportunity in there? Is that, Or can that be construed in a different way? Well, think about um, it. I mean, people contemplating doing anything, you know, that, that maybe takes a financial resource. And that financial resource is being eroded and that opportunity to do X, Y, or Z is, is gone. Mm-hmm. Maybe an opportunity when the founders uh, put in the declaration of independence, life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness in the, in that there is opportunity, the opportunity to, to pursue your happiness. So, okay, I think we will. I'm going to, I'm going to ruminate on that this weekend. But uh, let's jump over here to our quote for today because I chose this because uh, Jay Davidson is our guest, our featured guest in the second hour. And I know that he really likes von Mises. And so uh, I, I pulled this quote and 
uh, Ludwig uh, von Mises was born in 1881. He died in 1973. He was an Austrian school economist, historian, logician, and sociologist. He wrote and lectured, lectured extensively on the societal contributions of classical liberalism. And he said this, he said, the advocates of public control cannot do without inflation. They need it in order to finance their policy of reckless spending and of lavishly subsidizing and bribing the voters. And look at what, where this inflation is right now, Steve. Well, again, go back to our ongoing discussion about the state that we're in right now. Is it all due to incompetence or is it the plan? Well, I don't think people can be that incompetent. So I think that there must be, uh, <laughs> there must be oh, you, a plan. Oh, you don't? <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. I don't think this is by accident. And... That's why this election is so important. And the election here in Colorado, first of all, the fact that we have these open primaries, the ballots arrive, there's over three weeks to vote, or about three weeks to vote, and uh, we've not cleaned up our voter rolls. And I've talked to numerous people whose kids have moved out of state and uh, for, for quite some time, and they continue to get ballots. So let's just think about this, Steve. If that's occurring, what about uh, kids that registered to vote and were going to college? Or what about people that have lived in apartment buildings and have moved out of state? What's happening to those ballots? And unfortunately, <clears throat> we had had opportunities to get this cleaned up under Republican secretaries of state, and that did not occur. And that is why I am endorsing these grassroots candidates, because under the Republican operative establishment regime that has been in um, in charge of the Republic Republican side of the aisle for all these years, and they are continuing to really trash the uh, grassroots candidates. Uh, look at what's happened in Colorado, and I I I, I really look at it and I see that. Uh, these operatives have reached so far across the aisle, they've been standing on the other side of the aisle. And while that's happened, Colorado has really uh, become broken. I know that we can fix it with these grassroots candidates, but it's been very frustrating, Steve. Well, I guess people have to be hurt a lot more than they already have been hurt for, you know, again, the awakening that we're looking for. And, you know, I, I guess I certainly didn't watch it last night, but it was the first of a series of attempts by the January 6th Select Committee to present their findings and whatnot, which it's so it's so obvious what they're up to. And yet, you know, the major networks are playing along. If I heard right, it wasn't just on one network. It was on all three of the major networks mm -hmm. or four, depending on how you count them. And I thought, oh, the timing is just so poor. Well, look at this, that instead of actually, I mean, to, as you mentioned, to have this on the three major networks uh, is, it's astonishing. Uh, and it's primarily Democrats. I think there's just two Republicans on there. Of course, one of them is Liz Cheney, who uh, does not like Trump whatsoever. Yeah, both the two Republicans that are on uh, are two who voted to impeach. So, okay, can you see where they're coming from? Mm-hmm. And so really, you put this on prime time instead of actually, if you were really serious about this, you would have a, a real hearing. You would have it, uh, uh, both Republicans and Democrats. Uh, this is getting to banana republic kind of stuff, Steve, when we start to do 
uh, this, which is of of great concern. It's totally antithetical to uh, the the Constitution to be doing this, and we, the American people, have to be talking with people say, wait a minute, this is not the way this is supposed to occur here in the United States of America. Well, and, you would expect it from a party who doesn't seem to have any good ideas of their own, who's let the radical left out of the out of the closet, out of the cage, and they they see what's coming. You know, as um, Victor Davis Hanson said, they realize now they're tied to the railroad track by the ropes of their own ideology, and they they're looking down the track. They see the midterns coming like a freight train, and they're scared to death. And this is the type of tactics that you would expect. Right. And uh, they're not going to, they've worked so hard to uh, gain power that they're not going to give it up easily. And once again, uh, Republicans cannot play into their playbook. And we uh, see that here in Colorado big time. That's occurred for quite some time. And that's why these grass, uh, grassroots candidates like uh, Greg Lopez for governor and Tina Peters for secretary of state and Ron Hanks for U.S. Senate, why it is so important that they get elected. Because um, <clears throat> it's been a bipartisan reach across the aisle <clears throat> situation that Colorado has gotten to where we are. Uh, so we'll talk about that a bit more here in just a minute. But I did want to uh, mention our America's Veterans Story show that will broadcast this Sunday from 3 to 4 p.m. <clears throat> and our featured guest is Ted Gostas. Uh, he was a POW in the Vietnam War, and it is a powerful story, and uh, would really recommend that you listen in on that. It's so important so that we understand uh, history. And basically, he had about five days left on the tour of duty that he was on, and he was in the province just south of the DMZ. And the Viet North Vietnamese um, did the Tet Offensive, and he became a prisoner of war. So he had five days left, but he became a prisoner of war for, I believe it was five years, 15, uh, one month and 15 days. And so it is a real glimpse into history to hear his story. And then uh, the way Charlie works it is we have encore broadcasts Sunday nights, 10 to 11 of previous America's Veteran Story shows. And uh, and then there's also one Saturday night from 10 to 11, but super powerful producer, Steve. Yeah. So any given weekend, you will hear three different episodes, uh, if that's the right word, of uh, American Veteran Stories. Yes, uh, correct. So uh, a couple of headlines. The first headline that I wanted to go through is from C Complete Colorado. And it's by uh, Sherry Pife. It was March 28th. And uh, did you realize that Senator Hickenlooper and Representative uh, Joe Goose, both Democrats, they were over at Davos for the World Economic Forum. Uh, it was not on their websites. They kind of snuck over there. But uh, we realized the World Economic Forum is not about property rights. It's not about the American idea. It's not about America's middle class. It's about tearing down America. And here is uh, one of our senators and then Representative Nagus uh, over there. And again, a, a grassroots candidate uh, that is running for Nagus's seat at this time. And I should say his um, former seat because uh, Marshall Dawson has uh, stepped forward, a fellow Liberty Toastmaster, uh, to run for that particular uh, um, congressional seat. So that is very important. And uh, I hope people can connect the dots that Hickenlooper, Nagus, they are about uh, World Economic Forum, taking away people's rights, 
uh, really attack upon America. And so it was, it's nuts to reelect Joe Nacuse uh, this uh, election cycle. I wonder what mode of transportation they used. Um, well, I'm pretty sure they probably used an airplane. Well, okay, yeah. but uh, you know, airplanes come in different sizes and shapes, and and people who op- operate those airplanes. In other words, was it a commercial flight, or did they fly their private jet? And did they pay themselves to get over there? Uh-huh. And uh, once again, the World Economic Forum is about getting rid of fossil fuels. So how uh, the, they would have to have used an airplane, whether or not it was private or a commercial that uh, was uh, fueled by fossil fuels. And that's the big, the big hypocrisy of all of these uh, globalist elites. And here we know we have two of them right now, proof of it, uh, because they were over there in Davos. Maybe it was an experimental electric airplane. Maybe it was, you think? Uh, so anyway, uh, one thing, I didn't really get to delve into it, But apparently they came up with the new Davos Manifesto. And the new manifesto aims for what it calls stakeholder capitalism, which puts private businesses in control of driving the social environmental challenges of today. And they gave um, the Swedish teenage climate activist credit for gaining momentum on this, and that is the Greta Thunberg effect. And it says the new principles, and again, this is by Joshua Scharf over at Complete Colorado. He said the new principles the forum pushed are standards that include shared value creation, which would include environmental, social, and governance, the ESG goals, as a complement to standard financial metrics. And this is basically headed towards socialism. And once again, I continue to mention... Um, uh, Colorado Republican operatives that just continue to make a lot of money on this. And that particular operative that is running uh, the campaigns for uh, Pam Anderson, a social, um, Colorado Secretary of State, and Joe O'Day for uh, uh, U.S. Senate, they're running those campaigns. They also are in playing in this whole ESG um, in, environment. So once again, they don't have the best interest of everyday Coloradans in mind. But uh, the second thing, executive remuneration, where sal- sal- where salaries should align with the new measure of long-term shared value creation. And then a third, it says all companies should still seek to harness their core competencies and maintain an entrepreneurial mindset. There's no way these three things can align. But it says but they should also work with other stakeholders to improve the state of the world in which they uh, are operating. And when they talk about improving the state of the world, uh, Steve, what are we seeing on the horizon here? We're seeing energy blackouts. We're seeing uh, uh, potentially this summer, they, there's a headline that says Texas is, is expecting uh, brownouts. We're seeing out of control inflation, which is hurting everyday Americans, but it's hurting people across the, the globe. And when Americans are not thriving and prospering, uh, that actually trickles to others throughout the globe as well, throughout the world. And so they have all these words that they use, but we see that their um, their policies are so bad for everyday people, and they don't really care that much about everyday people. And here we had Hickenlooper and uh, Nagus, uh, Nagus over there. And so we have got to be electing grassroots people that care about the American idea and care about the American people. Uh, when Let's go to break. Before we do that, though, the show comes to you because of great sponsors. One of those is Hooters Restaurants. 
And they have all kinds of specials Monday through Friday, both for lunch and for happy hour. Great place to watch as the um, Avalanche will start to uh, play in the Stanley Cup Finals uh, game. So great place. All the TV's there. It's a great place to get together with friends. Also, it's a great story how they became a partner of mine. It's a, a story about free markets and freedom and capitalism. We've got that story at my website, KimMunster.com. We're going to go to break. When we come back, uh, there's so many candidates that are stepping forward because they care about Colorado. And one of those is Marla Fernandez. She is running for State House. So we'll talk with her about that when we come back. So stay tuned. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. Inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on. That's why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now, more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. Kim has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim can use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at Kim Munson. That's M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Yadira Caraveo is a dangerous Marxist who will always side with Joe Biden over America. I'm Weld County Commissioner Lori Sane, and I'm running for Congress to stop the Marxist-Biden agenda. Lori Sane, Republican for Congress. I served eight years as the most conservative member of the Colorado House, taking on Polis and Hickenlooper before him. The liberal media, pro-abortion progressives, and weak, woke Republicans tried to defeat me, but I beat them every time. Lori Sane speaks the truth, and Lori Sane tells it like it is. I'm a fearless advocate for freedom and our conservative values. Others may try and sound like me, but I'm the only one with a proven record of fighting for freedom. That's why I got 73% at the Republican Party nominating caucus. Lori Sane's undefeated, a proven winner in November. I'm Lori Sane, Republican for Congress, and I approve this message and ask for your vote so I can stop Biden's radical socialist agenda before it's too late. Paid for by Lori for Freedom. Lori for Freedom. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. On the line with me is Marla Fernandez, and she is uh, throwing her hat in the ring to run for Colorado House of Representatives, District 3. Marla, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Tell us a little bit about you. First of all, uh, why have you decided to... Well, tell us about you first, Marla, uh, a little bit of your history. Um, Certainly. Um, So, 
I am originally from Miami, Florida. I moved out here 30 years ago. And um, I wanted a, a just a nice place to uh, live so that I could go to college and have a, a quiet and calm place to study. And in just in recent years, I've just seen a change in Colorado. Um, and my my background, my parents are Cuban, and they migrated to this country uh, in 1961. They fled Castro's regime. And um, I remember my mother as a little girl telling me that Batista was a dictator, and as long as you don't uh, don't have political opposition, uh, don't voice your opinion, that you could go out and make money and do whatever you want. Um, so the Cuban people in 1948 to 1959 uh, weren't allowed to really speak. That was the first thing that went in Cuba um, before Castro came to power. And, and I just see lots of things. I got banned from Facebook um, in 2020. Um, and then left back on uh, just for saying one wrong word. Um, and uh, so I, I just see a lot of us losing our freedoms and our First Amendment rights. Um, and I, I want to, so what motivated me was freedom. And um, I stepped up to the game to kind of be a that reasonable uh, minded congressperson that actually makes good laws and not bad ones. So, uh, so you're uh, basically, uh, I mean, Hispanic, which um, what I see is the Hispanic community, they're, the values uh, align around what the new Republican Party looks like. And that is, uh, it's, uh, I think that there'd been the narrative for many years that had been taught to both in the black community and the Hispanic community that the Republican Party was the party of just a whole bunch of rich uh, white guys and um, elites, if you will. And what we're seeing, that's that's not the case. The, the real elites are over in the Democrat Party now. We just saw that with Hickenlooper and Neguse going over to Davos uh, for the World Economic Forum and that uh, the, the Republican Party, this new Republican Party, is the party of the people. And so we're seeing um, Hispanics, blacks, um, women really um, moving, gravitating towards the Republican Party of these values of limited government. And as you mentioned, freedom of speech, that seems like that's kind of one of the issues, Marla, that really um, maybe drove you to get into this race is because your mother had said that there was not freedom of speech. And then you saw that occur with you with being banned from Facebook. Yes. Yes, that's exactly right. Okay. Uh, so the, uh, tell us a little bit more about when uh, when elected and you get down to the state house. What is uh, some of the the things that you would like to accomplish down there? So, so I'm running um, for state representative because we need new leadership um, that has real solutions to curb the man-made uh, inflation that Biden, the Biden administration is creating. Um, we need to reduce crime rates and criminals and reform our education system. So my top three issues are education, economy, and energy. And um, my husband's a petroleum engineer. He's a reservoir engineer, uh, retired reservoir engineer now. Um, and for many years, uh, we, we, he, I didn't have to work, um, and I'm a, I'm a, a stay-at-home mom, 
and a homeschool mom as well. And I, I just feel like like the pinch because we don't have we're not using our energy um, our energy resources in Colorado. We're being prevented from from being able to tap the energy resources to ease the pain at the pump. Um, and and also I, I just see that this inflation is a tax on all of us, and um, the more uh, the more tax the more inflation goes up, the the harder it becomes for all of us to uh, to really uh, reach that American dream. And I, I I I don't put my son in school because our education system is broken, and we need to dismantle and rebuild it and um, make it better because our kids deserve better. And um, I, I would not put my son in public school, even if you paid me. Um, it's really bad. They don't they don't teach the basics to the kids. We have 34 um, percent illiteracy by the time they graduate, and 34 um, percent are functionally illiterate. And um, I see that as unacceptable. Well, it is unacceptable. And then that's the other thing, Marla Fernandez, that we see here in Colorado, and I've had a number of uh, parents on regarding the curriculum. And instead of you mentioned the kids learning to read and write and do arithmetic, uh, cursive writing, uh, history, civics, uh, instead there has been a, a focus on uh, CRT, which is a critical race theory, or, or the iteration thereof, it's, they may say, oh, we're not teaching CRT. But what it is is dividing kids into groups instead of recognizing the fabulous individual individuality of each child. But also, Marla, this sexualizing of our kids, and <clears throat> quote-unquote, this is Pride Month, and so we're seeing this double down of um, sexualizing our children, again, in public schools, which is, uh, people are just beyond, they, they cannot believe what is occurring. And I guess that's one of the silver linings of COVID, is parents uh, see what's going on. I've always wondered what was going to really challenge the teachers' unions, and I think COVID and parents seeing what's going on has been the case, Marla. Yes. I agree with you uh, completely. Um, I think that that, every, that one of the greatest favors that can be bestowed upon the American people is economy and government, and an understand and the understanding that it is the government that it is that the government should only do for the people what the people cannot do for themselves, and that and staying out of people's sex lives and personal preferences will go a long way to restoring freedom and and the Constitution. Well, I was talking with a mom yesterday on the show, and uh, this whole LGBTQ movement had really started with, um, it's nobody's business what people do in their bedroom. And I happen to agree with it. I don't, but now where we're at with uh, this this whole um, Pride Month is instead uh, they want to tell everybody what's going on in their bedroom, and that that is not <laughs> where I think we need to be in this uh, this society. But but I'm I'm over on education. That's really the the, the place that I want to talk about because I know that's one of your top issues is the education of our children. I think that is the issue with all parents out there, and uh, I think I also hear the tenets of very limited government as you are are talking about these issues, uh, Marla Fer- Fernandez. 
Yes, uh, shrinking the government down and allowing parents to get back into the school system and raise and train their children is very important. And they have every right to tell the schools what they want and how they should be run. And I, I just see that the schools are not listening to the parents. They're silencing the parents. Um, and they're even calling them, uh, what do they call them? Domestic they, terrorists. Um, and I, I think if I were in the school system, I'd be suing people for breach of contract um, because I'm a paralegal, and I'd probably challenge them in court um, over what they're doing. Okay. Hey, Marla Fernandez, how can people help you? What, what is your website? So my website is marlafernandez4hd3.com, and they could donate to my campaign. Um, right on the website, there's a bunch of places where they could donate. They could also help me walk and spread the word and uh, make sure that I get elected um, to office and we start and we start taking back um, our government for the people, uh, okay. by the people. <laughs> well, it is so exciting to see so many everyday people stepping forward because they care about this country. And your family's had firsthand experience what happens when uh, we lose our freedom. So Marla Fernandez, thank you so much for joining us. And that's Marla Fernandez and the four spelled out HD3.com. Marla Fernandez for HD3.com. Thank you so much and best of luck to you. Thank you. Okay, we're going to go to break and we'll be right back. The Metro home ownership real estate market is very tight right now. That's why Kim Munson recommends you have seasoned Remax realtor Karen Levine on your side of the table. Karen Levine will help you navigate through the many details of your home buying experience so that you can successfully pursue your American dream. Because Karen Levine cares about property rights for each individual, she volunteers hundreds of hours to represent home ownership opportunities at the local, county, state, and national levels. If you are considering buying or selling your home, call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Monson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim M-O-N-S-O-N.com. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com. As you know, we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And when government gets involved in things, uh, typically the uh, price goes up, the quality goes down, and the supply becomes limited. And I'm wondering if that's what happened with the baby formula here in America. And so we're going to talk with uh, Kenneth Raposo about that. He is an industry analyst from the Coalition for a Prosperous America. He's a former staff foreign correspondent for the Wall Street Journal and a senior contributor to Forbes covering China since 2011. Kenneth Raposo, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, Kim. 
you've uh, recently published a piece, this was at the end of May, that said the Senate puts the FDA reauthorization deal in jeopardy over the infant formula crisis. So how did we get to this point, first of all, Kenneth? Okay, so what happened was there was a whistleblower that worked for Abbott Labs, that's the laboratory in Sturgis, Michigan, that is responsible for the current short shortage of baby formula. And long story short, there was a whistleblower, the whistleblower went to the FDA, the FDA, you know, went through the protocols, some would say it was too slow, everyone in Congress says it was too slow, of course, right, and blamed the FDA for being too slow, they shut down the baby formula place, Abbott and Sturgis, and because they shut it down, it's one of the biggest producers of baby formula in the country, we had nothing to replace it. So here we are today with no baby formula on the shelves and people driving miles and miles to get it, apparently, and some even going into Texas, uh, to Mexico from California to buy some of it. So it's a situation that really started out of Abbott Labs, so their facility apparently wasn't up to snuff, according to the FDA. They were describing it as, you know, there were leaks on the roof. It was just looked like a... Uh, the, the way the FDA commissioner described it was, was it was you know subpar. So they had to shut it down, and but they never had a contingency plan to say who's going to make up for all this shortfall in baby formula. So FDA well, is getting blamed for that. Well, that actually seems kind of dumb. First of all, to shut down the supply and not and not think about a contingency plan. Uh, I mean, there's still going to be babies out there. There's still going to be moms and dads that need to feed those babies. So this uh, seems like just a rather um, knee-jerk kind of dumb thing to do to me. I, well, yeah, what's, what what's even more interesting, right? So this, this, what, this is the, you know, look, the FDA has their job to do, right? And if they're going to go into, you know, Ken and Kim's lab and our lab where we make whatever it is we're making, and in the corner of that lab there's a pile of dirt, and then they look at a machine that separates, you know, chemicals, and it's rusty, they might say, come on. This can't be, you know. You got to fix it, right? They're gonna, we're gonna get a, we're gonna get warned. We might get closed down temporarily, even. Now, we import a lot of our drugs, right? Not just right. not infant, infant formulas, mostly made here. So we import a lot of our drugs, and the FDA, in many cases, doesn't even inspect those facilities. And when they do inspect the facilities, even if they were to receive something similar, like a note saying your pumps are rusted, you got dirt on the floor, there's rat pee in the corner of your office, okay? like in India or China or anywhere else, China, don't even, they don't even inspect, they would just get a, those companies would get a warning, so it would be the equivalent of a baby formula company, let's say, in India. They'd get a warning, but they would still be allowed to operate. They'd still be allowed to ship those goods to the United States. So the FDA acts really strong against American, you know, companies of food and drugs in particular, but there are more lacks on the foreign side because they just don't have the staff, really. That's one reason why, and there's all kind of reforms that need to be done at the FDA. So a lot of people are just really ticked off at the FDA because you have this crisis with infant formula, you have shutdowns of a, of a key plant in the United States, and when similar things happen in the United States, comp- uh, overseas, those companies get slapped on the wrist, they get what's called a warning letter, and then they're still allowed to ship drugs to the United States. Uh, so there's there's a you know, two sides to it, right? The United States has it has it tough, and the FDA inspections for overseas imports of these things has it has it easy. And we we that's <laughs> and we we are where we are today because of that you know that system at the at, at, at the FDA. 
Okay, so a question. You have said that there were rest. Well, is this what the whistleblower came up with, that uh, that there were rusty machines and there was dirt in the corner and there was uh, rat feces around? Are they saying yeah, that no, that was no, occurring? I, I, no, no, I'm, no, no rat feces as far as I know. It was, it was um, if I remember correctly, and it might have been in that report that you mentioned, quoting uh, Caliph, who is the FDA commissioner. His surname is Caliph. I can't think of his first name at the moment. Robert. Robert? It was, it was, it, yeah, it was, uh, I think it was something with roof, there was leaks in the roof and stuff like that. It wasn't anything about faulty machinery. It was just, it was just the facility itself was untidy, unclean. So it wasn't like the janitor didn't come by and didn't sweep up a pile on the floor. It wasn't that. It, it, it was like, this thing has to be spotless, right? When you're making anything that we put into our bodies, that, that equipment has to be spotless. And so if the FDA gets a whistleblower that says, hey, it's not, it's not spotless. This is, this is, this, uh, there's a lot of things going on in this plant that need to be looked at. So the FDA did. Someone from Abbott complained. Someone from Abbott complained, okay? Then the FDA went in, said this is unacceptable, and they shut it down. So what exactly those things were, that has been outlined many times. Off the top of my head right now, I can't remember, but it wasn't anything like I said. I was just, I was just being, you know, dramatic for radio. But whatever it was, FDA definitely shut it down because the facility was not up to par to produce things that we put into our body, especially baby formula that's going into an infant. Now, I hadn't really thought about this. First of all, I, I think a lot of our manufacturing, uh, um, Kenneth, has gone offshore because, I mean, people, um, they want value for the things that they buy, and, but yet people want to pay the least amount that they possibly can. And so what's happened in America is because of government, payroll taxes, rules, regulations, all that, labor has gotten so expensive that manufacturing moved offshore. And so it's because of government policy that that has occurred. And now we see it's because of government policy. We have uh, government-induced inflation, these supply chain bottlenecks. is all because of government policy. And so we can fix this. But uh, I think that, uh, as you mentioned, there's no way the FDA is going to to really have any real jurisdiction over manufacturing facilities uh, over in Southeast Asia, China, other countries, because, uh, because um, I mean, they're not in our country, right? And, and so I hadn't even really thought about that particular component of all this manufacturing offshore of our pharmaceuticals and other foodstuffs. Correct. So, you know, the biggest issue, and this is an issue I think that people have only just started to grasp maybe in the last max 10 years, okay? So for, let's say, 20, 30 years, we've been more of a globalized economy, very complicated global supply chains, very Asian-centric supply chains, but not only. You know, we get a lot of stuff from Europe, especially medicine. Most of our imports from, from Europe are medicines and automobiles. And now Nestle, I believe, is a Swiss company. I don't know where they're shipping the stuff from. They're going to be shipping baby form into the United States for the first time. Maybe they'll open a factory here. Who knows? But a lot of those guys can do that in Europe because European countries often give them free land. So there's all different policies, right, that go into place. And, and so one thing that we, we're learning now, and the government is understanding more of now because people are complaining about it more, people like CPA, Codes for Prosperous America, we make noise about it, is that you can't have a, a global economy, a global supply chain system, where one country has to be making sure you're saving the whales and saving the snails and not hurting the worms, but the other one 
is saying, we don't care about the snails, we don't care about the whales and the worms, we're going to do whatever we got to do, we're going to, you know, maybe even, you know, hire prison labor to make stuff, and we're going to sell it to you. We're going to sell it to you. So you've got to have, you cannot have a global supply system and a global economy that runs like that, because why would Ken and Kim build a lab to make anything? Why don't we build a, a manufacturing center to make a widget if the one that we're going to build in Kansas says we got to pay, you know, 28% corporate tax or, you know, 5% land tax, right? Whatever it may be. And we got to make sure that for five years, the grass is super clean and there's no, you know, there's not one point above or in potassium or nitrogen on the lawn because of the chemicals we might be leaking out of our, our facility. And then Vietnam says, okay, just come on in, come to town, we'll give you free land, come build it. Where, where are we going to build our factory? Where are we going to do it? I mean, it's a no-brainer, right? So it's not evil, it's just a no-brainer because we have a global system now that people are realizing more and more where the, 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 uh, the playing field is totally uneven on taxes, on regulation. Now, <laughs> to make it even more complicated, right? we don't want to make one world kumbaya either. We don't want to make it so that everybody's exactly the same. You want, you want to have that difference. But at the same time, you have, to, you have to realize that if the United States is going to be, we have to be super clean, we've got to be super, super uh, vigilant with the environment, but China doesn't have to, or India doesn't have to, then we have to make it harder for our companies to replace U.S. companies by buying from those markets instead, because we're not playing in the same playing field. And again, FDA has an office in India. India doesn't export baby formula to the United States, but they still export a lot of medication to the United States, especially generics. They're a powerhouse. And FDA has a facility there, but it's not as big as the United States operation. And again, as I said earlier, FDA inspects those facilities. Those companies will have problems. They will have faulty machines. They will have processes that aren't up to par. They will get warnings, and those companies are still allowed to send goods to the United States that we put into our body through pills and, and injections. But in the United States, because it's more strict, much more strict, the FDA will see a similar action in Sturgis, Michigan, for example, and say, your, your lab is not up to stuff, up to snuff, we're going to shut down this, this operation for t- temporarily, and you're not going to be able to produce any more baby formula, and there's no contingency plan in place, hence where we are today in this particular crisis. So it's very complicated, lopsided, lopsided playing field. That has to be leveled out. I think that people only have started to realize it maybe in the last 10 years, Max. Okay, so I'm talking with Kenneth uh, Raposo, and he is with the uh, Coalition for a Prosperous America, and he's uh, he's written this piece regarding the um, baby formula bottleneck, and he said the Senate puts the FDA reauthorization deal in jeopardy over the infant formula crisis, and uh, so that has something to do with generic drugs, and so that could be uh, challenge as well. So let's go to break. When we come back, we'll talk with him about that. But before we do that, though, a couple of things. A Kirsch Insurance Group is a great sponsor of the show. They are a specialist in the Medicare arena. They work with a lot of different companies, and so they can help you tailor your Medicare plan, which is just right for you. And so it's so great to have them on your side of the table because government's involved as we're talking with Kenneth Raposo when government gets involved it gets complicated and it doesn't cost you anything to work with Kirsch Insurance Group so be sure and check them out at ikirsch.com ikirsch.com and they will be right back with Kenneth Raposa. Medical freedom, patient choice and informed consent are all staples of comprehensive health care. 
You'll find exactly that at Roots Medical, located in the Denver Tech Center, offering specialties in hormones, thyroid, gut health, detox, and COVID recovery. Functional, comprehensive primary health care. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your health care concerns. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. Roots Medical is a proud member of Colorado Healthcare Providers for Freedom. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Practice shooting in the same place you bought the firearm. Frankton Firearms makes your life easier with safety and tactical training. Firearm storage and firearm purchase all conveniently located in the same place. At Franktown, learning is accessible. The team recommends you practice developing confidence in handling your gun with a proprietary training course or one-on-one instruction located on-site. Make your life easier and store your firearms safely on premises at the Franktown Firearms Armory. The team at Franktown pride themselves on developing long-term relationships with their clients who utilize their one-stop shop. First-time buyers looking for guidance frequently return because they're having fun. They see beginners turning into experts all the time. And you can, too, with resources and tools at your disposal. No matter what level you're at, get your firearms curiosity, needs, and desires met at Franktown Firearms. Visit klzradio.com slash franktown or the Franktown Firearms storefront location. Americans Veteran Stories with Kim Munson. Sunday afternoons at 3 here on KLZ 560 AM and KLZ 100.7. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you support us, uh, who support us. We are an in- independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Uh, before we get back over here to Kenneth Raposo, uh, one of, well, the nonprofit that I have chosen to adopt is uh, the USMCMemorialFoundation.org. And uh, Paula Sarles is a Vietnam-era Marine veteran, and she and her team are raising money to remodel the Marine Memorial out at 6th and Colfax. And you can help them by going to USMCMemorialFoundation.org. That's USMCMemorialFoundation.org. You can buy a brick for one of their walkways to honor your your um, family member who was in the military or a friend, obviously, and you can donate there as well. So that's USMCMemorialFoundation.org. Kenneth Raposa is uh, with the Coalition for a Prosperous America, and he's written this piece. It was published in late May. The Senate puts the FDA reauthorization deal in jeopardy over the infant formula crisis. And so it looks like possibly generic drugs could be on the table as well. Uh, what, What about that, Kenneth Raposa? Okay, sure. So here's here's what that means. So so the FDA every year they have a big budget. The FDA is basically responsible for our food safety and drug safety, right? But FDA one of the best one of the main ways it's funded is through pharmaceutical companies, big ones and small ones that make generics. And 
in order for um, them to go forward with their budget, they have to have this reor- what's called a reauthorization bill. It, you know, re- reauthorized by Congress allows them to collect these fees and you know, insider baseball stuff, right? So during a recent hearing, a very dramatic and emotional hearing on baby formula, as you can imagine, in Congress, you know, everything is drama these days. They all think they're stars of House of Cards. One of the, one of the uh, members of Congress said that if this baby formula crisis doesn't get solved, and soon, and will we get a satisfactory answer to how this all happened? And I personally think, because I was on those, I was at those hearings. I personally think that the FDA commissioner, in fact, that they dropped the ball. Government dropped the ball all the time. That they did what they, you know, they did what they had to do. They followed protocol to the, to the from what I understand, from the best of, you know, of of what they what there was what they had to do. They did it. You know, they did it. They maybe it was a little slower than it could have been. But it wasn't like they were just sitting there, you know, twiddling their thumbs and you know, ignoring it. They definitely were not ignoring it. But, you know, it could happen faster. Okay, hindsight is twenty twenty. So now what happened was at that particular hearing, for which what, what that article was based on, is that one of the House members, and I can't think of his name off the top of my head because that was a while ago now, he threatened to withhold uh, funding, uh, well, withhold this bill to get it passed if the baby formula crisis continues. So that means that this thing that was supposed to be in committee to decide how the FDA is going to be financed uh, for the next year is going to be put on pause uh, until this baby formula situation is resolved. Now, just so everybody knows that that doesn't really have a deadline until September, and we hope that the baby formula crisis is resolved by then, especially considering that Biden has done this executive order or something to import massive amounts of baby formula. Again, we're relying on imports because we don't make anything here. So we're relying on imports from uh, Europe at the moment to bring stuff into the country. And of course, you could do that quick because you trust the Europeans, you trust their quality control, and you just say, okay, send it in. And so that's what's happening now. And that'll probably stop the bloodletting a little bit. And then hopefully Abbott will be up and running and then things will be back to normal by September. And then the FDA will get its budget approved and everything will be happy. If that doesn't happen, then the FDA is out on the limb, and then its funding is in question for next year, and then there'll be another FDA, you know, <laughs> crisis at some point. So it's all very exciting, you know, if you like that kind of thing. But, yeah, that's, that's, that's the threat. The threat is that if the baby formula crisis isn't solved within the next few months, then the FDA budget for 2023 will not be uh, authorized. Approved. Okay. And uh, per your piece here, uh, it looks like that was Senator Richard Burr, Republican from North Carolina, on, on that. But, of course, that's one, one way to try to get results is to hold up funding. You said something, Kenneth Raposa, that is very concerning and that, that the FDA, that they primarily are funded by pharmaceutical companies. Well, yeah. that seems like a conflict of interest. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know. I know. People, you know, look, a lot of people don't realize this stuff. You know, this has been going on for a long time. Well, you know, who, look, at, look at the military, for example, right? It's... it's we can't say the Department of Defense is funded by Raytheon and Lockheed Martin, but, you know, these are big, but congressmen and who are in those districts certainly have an interest in making sure that submarines get built and missiles get built and so on because Lockheed Martin is there. And my father, when I grew up, my father worked for Raytheon. And I could tell you when the Cold War ended and they didn't need nuclear submarines anymore, well, my dad lost his job and he became a door-to-door Electrolux vacuum cleaner salesman. And I, got, and I couldn't afford college and I had to drop out. So I understand. I understand. But yes, the, FB, the FDA is absolutely funded by the likes of Big Pharma and, again, Small Pharma. They're the guys who 
generic labs who make, you know, they're not Pfizer, they're not advertising in MLB baseball games and so on and, and on the news every night, but they also fund it because of those generic drug user fees that go into the FDA budget, which, again, we could say if you want to make it, you know, very bland, you could say, hey, look, if Ken and Kim work for the FDA, we're inspectors, we're the guys who go into Abbott Labs and make sure everything is clean because, again, babies are drinking this stuff, we don't want it to be a mess. Well, who pays our salary? That, that stuff also pays our salary, right? That's how we get funded. So it's very important that but FDA see, has a budget, can, of course, but it's funded by pharma. So, Okay, Kenneth, but let's just think about this Abbott Labs thing as I'm connecting this dot. FDA hadn't done their job. And so the reason that they went in is because there was a whistleblower. And so yes. it's just like the Colorado Department of Health and Restaurants. Uh, they can pick winners and losers. And so they didn't do their job. They're being funded by Big Pharma. So there's a whistleblower. So they come in and they close this down. But this was occurring. Baby formula had been manufactured in this this facility for quite some time. Now, because of this, we're importing from uh, other countries that do not have the FDA standards that we have. And so this looks to me like... <laughs> Um, special interests are funding this. The FDA, FDA did this because there was a whistleblower, not because that they were looking for good quality. Uh, was that a correct assessment, or what would you say? Yeah, I, I think that I think that's a very fair assessment because you know a whistleblower did you know announce that there is a problem at Abbott Labs, which makes baby formula and which also makes drugs too, as well. So, yes. That, that is fair to say. I mean, uh, the FDA also relies on whistleblowers, right, because maybe for whatever reason when they inspected they didn't see that or how, however it goes. I really don't know, right? But, you know, the FDA definitely relies on whistleblowers for a lot, you know, on a regular basis, right, to make sure that things are up to snuff in, in these labs. So it's not unheard of, right, that a whistleblower came in. What's interesting there is that it was so problematic at Abbott that, a whistleblower had to come forward in the first place. You rarely hear about this, right? You rarely hear about a whistleblower from, you know, a pharma or a food company saying this, the place where I work is, you know, <laughs> making food that might not be healthy for, you know, American consumers. So, you know, and, but again, like the FDA, got, they got that information, I believe, in 2021, and they moved on it. They might not have moved on it super fast, and, and the FDA commissioner blamed some mailroom snafu for being a little slower than protocol for who got it for who got the letter first and how it went. But you know, the FDA, I think, when you listen to the commissioner, and he's been grilled twice by the House and by the Senate, he said the same story both times, and these guys asked the same exact question. It, it's it's amazing. It's like Ken goes, he asks his question. Five people later, Kim goes, asks her question. It's literally the same question that I just asked. So there's not a lot of intel, really, when you sit in on these hearings. A lot of times it's just show. They ask the same question that their right. colleague literally just asked. They put in a new word like and or the instead. And that's the only difference. So I think that the FTA, from what I, what I understand is that I wouldn't give them an A+, plus, and even, even the commissioner himself said would give, a, I'd give us a C, but we did what we could do. You know, we did, we did what we oh could do. Oh, my gosh. And again... That's the food aspect of it, right? It's not the drug aspect of it. So the drug okay. aspect is where a lot of the funding comes from FDA. Okay. Hey, Kenneth Raposa, this has been absolutely fascinating. I have all kinds of questions. We're out of time, but thank you so much for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. Okay. And that's Kenneth Raposa with the Coalition for a Prosperous America. So our quote for the end of the day is from Avon Mises, and he said this. He said, the worship of the state is worship of force. 
There is no more dangerous menace to civilization than a government of incompetent, corrupt, or vile men. The worst evils which mankind ever had to endure were inflicted by governments. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you and God bless America. It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. An early childhood taxing district, what on earth is that? The latest in politics and world affairs. I don't think that we should be passing legislation that is so complicated that people kind of throw up their hands and say, oh, I can't understand it. Today's current opinions and ideas. It is not fair that just because you're a big business that you get a break on this and the little guy doesn't. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation and welcome to hour two of the Kim Munson Show. Uh, as you know, we're on live uh, 6 to 8 a.m., Monday through Friday. The first hour is rebroadcast on all KLZ platforms. That's KLZ 560 a.m., KLZ 100.7 FM, the website, and the KLZ app. Uh, so the first hour is rebroadcast 1 to 2 in the afternoon, second hour 10 to 11 at night. And then uh, we have our show summary and uh, with the podcast in it. Uh, posted typically by the end of the business day, Monday through Thursday, and then sometime during the weekend on Friday. So be sure and check all that out. Um, that is at Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com. And thank you to all of you who support us. So it is great to have you here. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, valued. You have purpose. My friends, today strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. You were made for this time. And thank you to this team I work with. That's producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Jen, Echo, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Friday to you, producer Steve. Uh, yes, likewise. And you know, what? earlier this year when we first started discussing going to two hours, it seems so daunting. It's like, how could we be on the air for two hours? But it flies. That it does. It flies by. And so we've got a great show planned for you for the second hour as well. We'll talk with Mary Alpers uh, with Three Points Financial here in just a, a few moments. Uh, always learn something from her and Steve Cruz. Um, and so uh, stay tuned for that. And then uh, Jay Davidson, uh, another great sponsor of the show, First American State Bank. We'll be talking with him about inflation. I just saw this come across the uh, the, the wire here. U.S. inflation jumps to 8.6%, the highest since 1981, and the estimate was 8.3%. And so Biden has outdone himself on this with his uh, inflation is higher than what the uh, experts were expecting, Producer Steve. (laughs) I heard something this morning on the way in about this uh, and the anticipated report that was coming, and I thought, my gosh, again, how much... Is the momentum going in the wrong direction for these guys? And with the midterms just a few months away, again, I consult my trusty calendar here. I can't give you the exact number of days, but we're at like in the 160, 150 you know, day range. So, mm-hmm. man, you better work hard to maybe change people's assessment and understanding of what's really happening to them. 
<laughs> well, I'm a, I'm concerned as the, as bad as the news is that they are going to they're getting desperate, which uh, of course we saw the January sixth. Uh, um, new series that's going to be on <laughs> mainstream media uh, last night. So Prime time, yeah, and whole yeah. thing. And all I could think of is Rush Limbaugh's low information voters just just eating this up. Yeah, yeah. I haven't. Uh, well, I'm not even sure I would trust the ratings on that. But uh, yeah, it's a new unreality uh, series. How's that? <laughs> Well, the ratings, I bet you, if anyone's really doing their homework, you're going to see each night of broadcast progressively get fewer or less less and less viewership. Well, and I think that all you really need to, to think about with the January 6th um, event that happened is and there's all kinds of inf- information about, you know, tr- Trump had uh, offered uh, to have or recommended National Guard, a whole bunch of different things. And Pelosi did, did not... Um, really have that Capitol secure. We have seen videos of Capitol Police uh, welcoming people in. But all you really have to look at is that video of when the horned horned guy without the shirt on is walking into the inner uh, chambers there and one Capitol Police officer is walking behind him. I mean... Really? They they really didn't have that secure? They're walking in behind him and then let, lets him go and sit down in that chair? That's when uh, you realize that this whole thing was, was staged. So, I told you my it. story before. Watching that day on the big monitor here in the in the studio, the, the coverage was what was going on down in the White House, Washington Mount Monument area of the mall, and then they cut to the Capitol. And the number of people running around in all black, I, I mean, my, my instincts told me right away, there's something going down here, and it's coordinated. Mm-hmm. Yes. And where's all the th- th- um, thousands of hours of video uh, that we've not been able to see yet? So, But a but, uh, couple of things. I wanted to get to, uh, particularly with the, these, this inflation report that just came out. Our quote for today is from von Mises. He was born in 1881. He died in 1973. He was an Austrian school economist, historian, logician. uh, Anyway, he um, worked in that area (laughs) and sociologist. He wrote and lectured extensively on the societal contributions of classical liberalism. And he said this. He said, the advocates of public control cannot do without inflation. They need it in order to finance their policy of reckless spending and of lavish, lavishly subsidizing and bribing the voters. And my gosh, we see here U.S. inflation jumps to 8.6%, Steve. <laughs> you couldn't find a better description of what's happening today. You couldn't find it anywhere. I know it. I know it. And But the thing is, there's nothing new. Um, government out of control, each generation, this occurs. But let's talk with uh, Mary Alpers with... Three Points Financial, uh, they um, they work to help you in three different arenas, and that is investments, retirement planning, and tax preparation or tax planning. Uh, Mary Alpers, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kim. So what should we talk about today with these inflation uh, numbers that just came out here, Mary Alpers? Well, um, I wanted to talk about target date funds, and actually there is a relationship to that, so... If that's okay, I wanted to kind of talk about the pros and the cautions of target date funds that are inside retirement plans and they're inside college 529 plans. 
Okay, what what is that exactly, target funds? Well, they're plans that are developed by the the mutual fund companies that are selected by employers and call it 529 plans that they select. They work off a retirement date or the age of their child for the college plans. And so it's a setup to be a, a core of invest, investing um, mechanism inside the inside your retirement, and it um, usually starts out, it always starts out aggressively in the early years, and it gradually shifts towards a more conservative portfolio. And the idea is it's kind of, it it keeps investing simple for the person that's doing it because it automatically adjusts over time. But they are structured differently, and... Um, it's important to understand them. It's, some people think, oh, you buy them and you forget it. You don't look at it. You don't do anything. And I, I don't take that, that stand on it. And we've actually adjusted things with clients just because we've seen that it's not going to do, it's not going to meet their goal in the long run or it's posing too big of a risk. And so um, we review our com- the client's company plans. Usually someone will come in with a 401K or a 403B and they'll go, this is our core target date plan. And, and the, they're, they have different dates on them. And you choose a date of when you think you're going to retire. And for college plans, it's based on the age of the child. And so it's a blend of different types of stocks and bonds. Um, and so we look at several things. We look at the management costs, the blend, meaning how much is in U.S. and international um, on the stock end, and also the overall allocation between stocks and bonds and how it moves over time. And so there's actually two, you know, some of these, Kiplinger, Kiplinger put out a um, something in March about descriptions of different kinds of funds with Vanguard, T. Rowe Price, Fidelity, and these other companies. And some of them take this stand of they're managing to retirement, up to retirement, and then they're fixed, they stay. And other ones are up through retirement, and they um, are intended or designed to go all the way through the rest of your life. And it's important to know which one you're doing because um, they can be not what the allocation you are looking for in your overall net worth, they can be different than that and and skew your portfolio. Um, There were some times in the past where markets had huge corrections, and these were very hit um, at inopportune times for certain clients. They were approaching retirement or, even more important, their college 529 savings. Their kid was getting close to being ready for college. So there's ways to work around them. If you see that that's the choice you have, there's usually other options. And um, we've worked with clients to pull some of their retirement, not put all of it in there and put some of it in something else that balances against it or pick a different retirement date that may lower the allocation or raise it depending on what we're trying to do. And with 529s, I've sometimes actually dropped one level lower, making the child seem as if they were older on the plan so that it's more toned down as they approach college because 
after the age of 12, a uh, 529 plan becomes, starts moving to be a short-term asset. I mean, they're going to start college at 18 and so, or 19 or even 17. And so it's important that the money is there and it isn't drastically affected by the market just before they're going to start college after all of those years of the parents' saving. You know, Mary, what you and Steve do there, which I think is so important, is we're in such a volatile time now. And so many people have so many different questions, but uh, it, you look at things, you adjust it, and, it, and people can sleep better at night uh, when they work with you. And so how can people get more information about uh, Three Points Financial? Um, ThreePointsFinancial.com, and actually we'll be having a, a, a new website coming out hopefully next week. Um, so on these sites, you can reach, you can go to contact us and you can schedule an appointment on by phone. And then once we talk, if we, if we decide that we're going to move forward, then we meet with you. Yes, I love it. It's uh, basically you, you want to work with people uh, that uh, align with Three Points Financial and, and uh, what your goals are there, and also they with you. So it's really it's really a great thing. So again, that's three threepointsfinancial dot com, threepointsfinancial dot com. Mary Alpers, thank you for sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll be talking with another great partner of the show, and that's Jay Davidson. Uh, he is the founder, CEO of First American State Bank. And I want to talk with him about uh, Jamie Dimon with uh, J.P. Morgan Chase and Elon Musk. Both have said that uh, we're headed to some uh, tough economic times with all this inflation. And so we'll talk with Jay about that. Stay tuned. The Metro home ownership real estate market is very tight right now. That's why Kim Munson recommends you have seasoned REMAX realtor Karen Levine on your side of the table. Karen Levine will help you navigate through the many details of your home buying experience so that you can successfully pursue your American dream. Because Karen Levine cares about property rights for each individual, she volunteers hundreds of hours to represent home ownership opportunities at the local, county, state, and national levels. If you are considering buying or selling your home, call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of the Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. And of course, force comes in a lot of different ways. We talk about it all the time, coercion and public policy and just a whole bunch of different ways. But on the line with me is Jay Davidson. Jay Davidson. 
and uh, he is the chairman, CEO of First American State Bank. They are great uh, partner sponsors of the show. Uh, he's a great guest. He's on frequently, and we like to talk about economic issues. Jay Davidson, welcome to the show. Thanks, Kim. I appreciate being here. So I saw a couple of headlines, and I thought I need to find out what Jay thinks about this. I know our listeners want to know that as well. And one of them was um, regarding, this was CNN Business, and Jamie Dimon, who is the um, um, CEO of uh, J.P. Morgan Chase, said, brace yourselves for an economic hurricane. And then I saw another headline that Elon Musk uh, feels super bad about the economy and says he needs to cut 10% of Tesla jobs. What what do you think about this, uh, Jay Davidson? It's, it's kind of scary. Uh, well, sure. Uh, I imagine if you're not used to them, um, it is scary because uh, things are going to turn down. Um, there's no doubt that there will be a recession. There always is. There's no doubt that there'll be another boom time. There always is. And I think the secret to keeping one's sanity is understanding the cycles economic cycles that, that exist and that go on uh, ad infinitum. So uh, I, I suspect, and I've said this now for about uh, oh, 10, 15 years, that the uh, Federal Reserve uh, printing all this uh, money like they did, called quantitative easing, is going to have some extremely negative impact over time. And I think we're going to begin to see that uh, impact uh, shortly, along with a lot of other things that are going on. But the bottom line for me is, sure, we're, uh, we've are we been pulling in our lending practices, tightening them up really pretty tight, taking additional reserves, getting ready for the recession that we've seen uh, for a year or so, we've been preparing for a year worst time to prepare prepare for a recession is when you're in the middle of it it's too late then so you're just going to have to ride it out so best time is when things are going nuts and uh, everybody wants to jump in the market when i like to say that greed is driving the market uh because when fear drives the market we go into recession and that's probably where we're heading right now so my advice is don't fear just prepare well, and a lot of this is it's government induced, and so Jamie yeah. Dimon. I mean, he is J.P. Morgan Chase. I mean, he's with all the the big guys, if you will. And I kind of expect something better than prepare for a hurricane. Is hey, let's take a look at this terrible public policy that is creating this inflation. As as you've said over the years that. Printing all of this money, the more money they print, the less value your dollar has. And so you buy less. Uh, and this inflation is what really hurts people trying to move up the economic ladder, the people in the middle class. That's who really gets hurt with this, uh, Jay. Well, that's exactly right. Um, it's the person that has to make a decision. Do I fill my gas tank up? Do I buy my kids food? Do I make my house payment? That That's the person that's going to be hurt. And that's the sad part of this whole process. Um, Diamond and Musk do understand cycles. They, they see through the nonsense that has been going on. Um, and they both comment on government policy, and in particular, 
monetary policy, which is a the, uh, strategic policy that the Fed Reserve administers. And monetary policy has two tools. One is liquidity or money supply, and two is interest rates. Everybody focuses on interest rates because I guess that's the, the hot topic, and that's certainly important. But the money supply is the one that Diamond and Musk are referring to. Since 2008, the Federal Reserve has, has ballooned its balance sheet from $850 billion to $8.5 trillion. And they did it all by printing U.S. dollars. Now, this is modern monetary theory on steroids. And if you've never heard of MMT before, hunker down, folks, because that is the worst, the most uh, unsuccessful monetary theory in the history of mankind. And it follows the theme of the communists, the central control people, um, things that we don't want to have anything to do with. And yet the Fed has instituted modern monetary theory and uh, by by definition, their quantitative easing, or QE, is the greatest evidence ever that they have instituted MMT. And there'll be a fallout from this. Well, yeah. And one of the big fallouts, though, we're seeing right now is this inflation. People are paying attention big time to that. And remember when inflation was just starting to rear its, its uh, ugly head? After uh, Joe Biden uh, was put into office, Janet Yellen came out and said, and, and some of the other as well, and she's the Treasury Secretary, that this was going to be transitory. Then I saw a headline just the other day, There, I think it was her, who said, well, I was wrong. It's not just transitory. Hey, these people are supposed to know what's going on. I was a little surprised with that. And again, I better be a little careful. I thought it was her that said that uh, was walking that back, but it was one of the people in the administration. It was the head of the uh, uh, Federal Reserve, Jerome okay. Paul. Okay. And, but Janet Yellen instituted uh, quantitative easing when she was still the Fed chair. So she and Bernanke started this whole thing off. Uh, so she's as culpable as, as you can think. I read a study that uh, about 75% of the economists in the Federal Reserve are, uh, are Democrats, are leftists. It tells you how far left the Federal Reserve has moved, um, especially when you see that one of the edicts of the Fed, which used to be uh, one to keep the dollar strong, and they've not managed to do that. So now they're including global climate change as one of their edicts, which is ridiculous. But it was Janet Yellen that said it, and Jerome Paul, and all the people in the administration uh, are advocates of this new, what's called modern monetary theory, where basically it's the government can do whatever it wants, and uh, we will buy people's votes. We'll print all this money, then we'll go on the other side and do Build Back Better or some other kind of program that pays money to people so they will vote for us. It's a negative feedback loop. The thing that everybody is missing is that we taxpayers pay for that malfeasance. And believe me, you may not see it right now, but you're going to begin to see it through inflation through the debt that we have to pay back by increased taxation and by increased regulation. So my whole 
um, everything that I ever talk about is less government, less government intervention. And can you raise a really good point? I think what you're saying is that the elitists in the administration, in the Federal Reserve, the Treasury Department, et cetera, the ones who should know better are losing credibility with the American population. It's about time. They should be losing credibility because of these policies. Well, and you mentioned about buying votes, pandering. And and when you have to buy votes, that means that your ideas are not good enough to stand, you know, stand up to the test. Um, so we're now realizing, though, that they did buy votes, um, paying people not to work, sending this government money out. But now I think people are realizing we have to connect this dot for them that there is this thief now that has their hand in your pocket. It is government-induced inflation. And so there is never a free, there's no free money. And we're seeing the ramifications of, quote-unquote, that free money. And I think, Jay, I feel like Americans are waking up. I agree with you, Kim, and it's about time. Um, And I've got to say the Republican candidates until recently have ignored this fact But nowadays, they are talking about these things, inflation, stagflation, uh, the the cost of government regulations, the cost of printing all this money, et cetera. And uh, a lot of our Colorado candidates are really on the bandwagon, uh, and they understand this. So I have high hopes that with a change in the administration here in Colorado and in Washington, we can get things changed. Are we running out of time, uh, Jay? No. um, I still believe in America. I still believe in the resilience of our private economy, and that's a critical issue right there. I still believe in the American public. Excuse me. My allergies are getting me. Uh, (laughs) It's that season. I believe in the American public. Yeah, I'm choking up because I'm talking about Biden. <laughs> the clowns there, that's what it is. Um, but, I, you know, we have time, but we have to move now. I mean, we can't wait. We eight, $8.5 trillion in additional debt. That, that's unconscionable. Well, I think a lot about it. Jay, you know, the other show that I have is America's Veterans Stories. And so I've interviewed all of these different veterans. And in fact, recently for D-Day, we had 100-year-old Major General John Ron, who was a young captain on Omaha Beach on D-Day. And I look at these generations. There's something inherently American about passing something good and better on to the next generation. And when I look at that, we're thinking about passing on this big, fat IOU to the next generation. We've got to roll up our sleeves and and go to work to address this. And it's going to take it's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard. But I do. I I agree with you. I think it can be addressed. I think that we can can start to to make strides on that. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. Um, We have to roll up our sleeves and get to work. We have to. follow, you know, our government set up as a representative government. What that means is you need to represent yourself. And that means you need to get involved. We need to get involved with our candidates. We need to hold their feet to the fire, whether you're Republican, Democrat, Independent, Libertarian, doesn't matter. Hold your, your candidates' feet to the fire on these issues of 
more government or less government? Because that really is the issue that it's coming down to. And we're seeing for the first time now since Obama and now continue under Biden, the tyranny of the left. And the left is they're, they're tyrannical monsters that want nothing more than control of every aspect of your life. Telling you that you have to get your kids vaccinated, telling you that you have to wear a mask, telling you how to live and how to think. People are getting fed up with this nonsense. They are going back to the original intent of our Constitution and Bill of Rights and the Declaration of Independence, of course. Well, I think that's true, and and I, I really think that we are in the third founding of America. And so it's a very interesting time to be alive as we're going through this. But Jay Davidson, First American State Bank, let's go to break. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation about um, what's happening with our economy. So stay tuned. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. Inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on. That's why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now, more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. Kim has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim can use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at Kim Munson. That's M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there, and you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. I have a lot of great sponsors. On the line with me is Jay Davidson. Uh, first, he's the CEO and founder and, and chairman of First American State Bank, which is a community b- um, bank right here in the metro area. Before we get to Jay, though, the nonprofit that I have adopted is the USMC Memorial Foundation, and they are in the process of raising money to remodel the Marine Memorial that was dedicated back in 1977. It's located at Colfax and 6th Avenue, but it is a, a place where we can really honor uh, family members, friends that have served in our military, uh, not only Marines, but uh, other branches of service as well, and uh, have their stories there. It's just going to be a really great project. When done, when it's done, so you can uh, help them by going to usmcmemorialfoundation.org. That's usmcmemorialfoundation.org. And Jay Davidson, First American State Bank. The economy, people are very concerned. Um, inflation, as you mentioned in the previous segment, 
people that are trying to move up the economic ladder. Uh, they were having to make choices. Of course, government wants to come in and say, we'll, we'll create a program for that to help you with that. We don't need that. That We need government to be limited, the uh, individual to be big. And I think that's the way to get our, ourselves through this challenge that we have, Jay. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, you, you really, there's only two choices in life uh, when it comes to government and politics, and that is control or individual freedom. And they're absolutely antithetic. What one has, the other doesn't. And uh, if you read our, read our Constitution and Bill of Rights and, uh, and our Declaration of Independence, you'll see that the Founding Fathers uh, exhibited great wisdom and did everything in their power to uh, give the, uh, the rights uh, to the individual and to restrict the federal government. And uh, I think one of the problems that we're facing right now, and people are starting to get an inkling of this, is that the federal government has gotten way too big, way too powerful. And it's not just Democrats that are doing it, although right now, since Obama, it is not only Democrats, but it's the hard left in the Democratic Party. But, you know, the Bushes, I liked them, I voted for them, but they're big government Republicans. Mm -hmm. And they're no more right than, you know, Obama is when it comes to government. Right. So we need to be on the lookout, and we need to be pushing our politicians. I mean, this the cycle, folks, when you can make a difference with a politician. He needs your money. He needs your vote. This is the only time you can do it. Do it. you got to tell him what you expect. And my, my advice there is less government intervention, less taxation, uh, less regulation, and far less government spending. Those four things will get us back on track. And we can do that. And we as uh, voters, we as uh, Americans, Coloradans, we have a responsibility. We can't just vote. We have to be engaged as well, understand what the issues are, and also understand where these um, um, representatives, uh, are vote how they are voting, and then we do need to hold them accountable. So a couple of things. Over time, I've realized there was, I, I think uh, people like the idea of uh, uniting, reaching across the aisle. You hear the word collaboration a lot. Yes, those are kind of nice words. However, Republicans have reached so far across the aisle that the aisle has moved further to the left and they're standing on the other side of the aisle. And so this is the opportunity to right that ship, I think, in this particular election, uh, Jay Davidson. Yeah, you know, the analogy I like to use uh, is Israel and, uh, you know, the, the militant Islam. Um, the, the stated purpose of militant Islam is to destroy Israel. There is no way that Israel can negotiate from that position. There's no answer short of dying that is acceptable to the opposition, the militant Islam. The left has proven that they, they have a particular mindset that I believe most Americans disagree with, and that is that more government, more control is the answer. And when you think about it, most Americans are going to say, no, I can make my own decisions, uh, and I intend to make my own decisions, as is my right as an American citizen. So um, to your point, you know, reaching across the aisle sounds good. And in the days when, like, Tip O'Neill and Ron Reagan were 
um, in opposition to each other. They worked well together, and we had one of the best economic times uh, in the history of our nation. But of course, that was 50 years ago. And they had a gentleman named Milton Friedman, who was a student of Hayek and von Mises uh, under the Austrian School of Economics. But Milton Friedman was an absolute genius and could explain complex topics, economic topics, in manners that uh, everybody understood. And he's the guy that advised Reagan on the uh, Reagan Revolution, on the trickle-down, as the Democrats call it, trickle-down economics, which is really just economics that recognizes the private industry and the rights of the private citizen to transact business in as he or she sees fit. Well, and the private citizen, I was thinking about this when you were talking earlier about government, representative government versus this bigger and bigger government. And again, um, unfortunately, there's been big government Republicans that have been complicit in this. But what big government does is, in a way, it steals. It steals opportunity through rules and regulations. Uh, it's a little business that might want to open up. They look at it at everything they have to do to just try to get the doors open uh, because of rules and regulations instead of just putting your shingle out and saying, you know, I'm going to start this business and and people will come in and if they like what what I'm doing and we'll trade value for value and I'll be successful, their lives will be better. But instead, just to get a business opened, I, I feel that many times government is stealing opportunity, but they're also stealing people's money and then trying to redistribute it to others. And um, I, I think I heard a Dennis Prager, uh, one of his little videos, that he said of all the Ten Commandments, he feels that uh, do not steal is one of the most important ones. And so don't steal somebody else's life. Don't steal somebody else's money. Don't steal somebody else's opportunity. But big government uh, actually does steal opportunity and does steal other people's money. Yeah, really good point. Um, the... Uh it's called the natural laws, and it's defined in the um, Declaration of Independence. And the original, uh, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they're endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, among them life, liberty, and the ownership of property. Now, that was changed to uh, pursuit of happiness because ownership of property had kind of slave overtones at that point in time and frankly didn't want that to be in there, which I understand. Mm -hmm. But the point is that, to your point, the right to own property is the defining uh, principle of freedom, of ind independence, of independent freedom and individual freedom. If you have the right to own your property, in other words, the government does not have the right to confiscate or take away or occupy your property, whatever it is, it could be your car, your house, could be your television, doesn't matter. The fact is that you as an individual have a right to ownership of property is critical. And like you said, when the government gets involved, when the regulators uh, get involved, they stifle small business and independent business people, and they make it exceedingly difficult to get business done. Well, in essence, and then that's stealing opportunity. And right. as you were, and so property, one of the things that uh, government is supposed to do is protect people's right to property, if you will. And I was talking with somebody the other day, we were talking about the southern border, 
And with this just open border policy, uh, people's property down there on the border is being overrun. They, they don't feel safe. And so government is not doing what they're supposed to do there, and that is to protect private property. So in a way, through that bad public policy, it's, it's, it's infringing upon their property rights. Yes? Let me, uh, let me clarify a point here. Um, I don't want the government to protect my property. Okay. I want the government to leave me alone. And when the natural law says that we find these truths to be self-evident, in other words, they come from the Almighty, they're beyond us, whatever you want to call your God, uh, these laws, these rights existed before any government existed. So I don't need the federal government to protect me or my people. I need the federal government to follow the Constitution. That's the reason the Constitution was put in place, was to control the federal government and the state and local governments. And that's what I want. Uh, The government cannot protect a right that God has given me in any way, shape, or form. Great clarification, Jay Davidson. So my question then, on the southern border, somebody owns property. Because of public policy, their their property is being damaged or overrun. So help me work through, through this. The Constitution would say that that's not okay, right? So help me through this a little bit. Yeah, the, the, there's no easy answer to this thing. Um, the government, the uh, law, here, here's the second point of this whole thing. The Constitution is the rule of law by definition, and it is the only rule of law. It is the only law of the land. And rule of law is critically important because we all, if we agree on what the law is, whether we agree or not, we, you know, we're going to be compliant to the law. And I can agree with that. I, you know, the Constitution and the Bill of Rights stipulates what that law is. Now, the individuals whose property is being overrun and, and uh, confiscated and destroyed has a right to the law enforcement officials, the public servants, for them to go down and protect that individual and that individual's right. So the government's not giving him the right to ownership of property, but the government is required to follow the rule of law and prevent the bad guys from taking that property. Okay, thank you for that clarification. And uh, once again, natural law, and, and that is what the founders realize what they they said in the declaration that these rights come from god uh not from government not from man and so that's an important clarification to make as well jay davidson we're just about out of time and um i i think because of bad public policy uh and inflation there is actually stealing of people's money because of that government government is uh not supposed to be doing that um you said there's cycles you feel Positive. I mean, this whole American idea, I'm positive as well. People are waking up, and uh, I think we're in the third founding of our country right now. Yeah, that's a powerful statement. I, I have to think about that. Uh, you're talking about the Revolutionary War, the Civil War, and now. Exactly. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Because the, the question, on, I think, in each of those is, who are we? At, at the Revolutionary War, should we have a king over us, or 
Should we have our own individual freedom? You talked about it at a recent uh, interview, individual sovereignty. And then, of course, the question is, is if we have individual sovereignty, sovereignty, that doesn't match up. You can't have slaves. And right. so now we have this out-of-control federal government that, in a way, is, is trying to govern us. And so that's why I think that we're in this third founding is, is um, we've gotten this thing out of control and we've got to get, get it put back where it's supposed to be. Yeah, it's a good analogy. Um, and I agree. I mean, it's gotten way out of control and it has to be brought back. If, if for no other reason than for the sake of our kids and grandkids, mm-hmm. you know, now that we have grandchildren in our lives, it's like, whoa, I can't. Like you said, I can't pass this kind of uh, mistake on to my grandkids and, and have them solve it. I need to solve it right. to the best of my ability. Right. And so I encourage people are stepping forward. Jay Davidson, it is always so great to have you on the show. I learned so much, and I know our listeners do as well. So thank you so much. Thanks, Kim. Keep up the good work. Okay. And we're going to go to break. When we come back, I want to hear from you. 303-477-5600. 303-477-5600. We'll be right back. Medical freedom and personal choice are both sacred to comprehensive, patient-first health care. At Roots Medical, our providers honor those rights diligently in every appointment. Located in Denver Tech Center, Roots Medical is a functional primary care clinic with specialties in hormones, thyroid, gut health, detox, and COVID recovery. Establishing care with us is just a text message away, 303-569-6794. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. Roots Medical is a proud member of Colorado Healthcare Providers for Freedom. Practice shooting in the same place you bought the firearm. Frankton Firearms makes your life easier with safety and tactical training. Firearm storage and firearm purchase all conveniently located in the same place. At Franktown, learning is accessible. The team recommends you practice developing confidence in handling your gun with a proprietary training course or one-on-one instruction located on-site. Make your life easier and store your firearms safely on-premises at the Franktown Firearms Armory. The team at Franktown pride themselves on developing long-term relationships with their clients who utilize their one-stop shop. First-time buyers looking for guidance frequently return because they're having fun. They see beginners turning into experts all the time. And you can, too, with resources and tools at your disposal. No matter what level you're at, get your firearms curiosity, needs, and desires met at Franktown Firearms. Visit klzradio.com slash franktown or the Franktown Firearms storefront location. Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us and these great sponsors uh, partners that I have as well. Uh, we did get a little long-winded there, so we probably have to, uh, room for maybe just a couple of calls. 303-477-5600. 303-477-5600. It is always a great conversation with Jay Davidson, producer Steve. It is. And uh, as you guys were talking, and I thought what you brought up earlier regarding Make sure my verbiage is correct there. Is it the consumer price index that's up 8.6%? I think it is. Uh, Let me find that while uh, you're commenting on that. Well, I'm just thinking. All right. And we've already alluded to it earlier this morning. Both parties want to stay in power once they're there. And certainly the, the Democratic left... Did I say Democrat? Yeah, Democrat Democrat. left. Darn, darn, darn. The Democrat left is proving this with this charade that they're doing uh, with the January 6th thing. And I want to say, okay, 
you're in power, fine. But you've got to work better than you're currently working. Look at this 8.6% CPI mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and any other thing you want to talk about, whether it's the price of energy or the border situation. You've got to do a better job. Well, I think that – so how do you find a better job? If, in fact, they're trying to break the back of everyday hardworking people, uh, if they're they're trying to undercut um, America with the uh, having our, our border just wide open, then they're doing a very good job of what they're trying to accomplish, Steve. And uh, so I think that I think that we have been naive to think that uh, each and every person, politician, bureaucrat that is elected or put into their office would have America's best interests in mind. And uh that's that. That does not seem to be the ca- uh, the case on that. But we have Ron in Denver on the line. Ron in Denver, what is on your radar? Yeah, Kim, uh, I like the way you put the the dots together. The, on your guest is um, the worst uh, on that uh, uh, baby formula. Uh, the worst conditions that we have here is even better than uh, what they get from overseas. And the regulations, that's what he's saying, is, is not fair. So even though I, why they shut that down makes no sense, because like you stated, even our worst conditions are better than their best conditions. It's just an observation. I like the way you put it together. Well, I, I thank you for that as well. And, Ron, I find it absolutely nuts that they would shut that down and not have a plan for how we were going to have some production. I mean, children, um, you know, rely on, parents rely on the formula. I mean, government, uh, uh, once government gets involved, the supply goes down, the quality, or the quality goes down, the supply becomes limited, and the price goes up. And I, I found it so interesting, I hadn't connected that dot, Ron, that the FDA is being funded by Big Pharma. I mean, what's, what could go wrong with that, Ron? <laughs> Yeah, that was a uh, 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 surprise to hear that. Actually, I, I, I thought. Me too. I think I, I think I'd like to have him back. I thought he was a very interesting guest, and the fact he said he was headed, uh, I think, over to hearings at the on Capitol Hill. So we'll try to have him back. But thanks so much for the call. You bet. Bye. Okay. Yes, Steve, that was a big aha for me when we figured out that the FDA, who's supposed to be the watchdog for all of this, is actually being funded by the organizations that they're supposed to be uh, watching. Well, the White House press people would have you believe that Biden was on top of that from the get-go. He knew about the FDA, and he knew, you know, and I don't think he did. And you're right. Right away, they put this particular commodity into a uh, limited supply situation with no backup plan whatsoever and just let it become a crisis. Yeah, I want to try to look something up really quickly. I know that we're um, running out of time, but I just was going to just very quickly, um, COVID vaccines, uh, the FDA regulates these vaccines and just the narrative that's been out there on that. But then once again, so FDA approves first COVID-19 vaccine. Once again, um, the fox is in the hen house on all of this, and that was just really a great dot to get connected on that, Steve, I think. Yeah, he, he did a great job, and uh, like I say, I, I would welcome him back. 
Okay. We'll have to do that. So we'll get him back on the line uh, at, or get back on the show here at some point. So we're out of time, though. So our quote for the end of the day is Von Mises again. And, and uh, so appropriate for what's happening right now. And that is, hold on here. He's going to give you the same one. It says, the worship of the state is the worship of force. There is no more dangerous menace to civilization than a government of incompetent, corrupt, or vile men. The worst evils which mankind ever had to endure were inflicted by governments. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America. And that quote was from Von Mises. Have a great weekend. See you on Monday.